Welcome to Day Zero Update for September 4th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Logie. And I'm Brandon Perkins. Yeah, just a two-man crew this week, but yep. we're not short for stories. Yep. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff here. There's been some shenanigans going on on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, where some shitty people have been removed forcibly. That mm-hmm. is good to see. Uh, we have another chapter in the tale of the publisher P-Cube. Uh, we'll yeah. talk about that. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. We got some games that are uh, shutting down or canceling features that people are expecting. Yep. Uh, let's see. We got some acquisitions and some other stuff going on there, as well as some new stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few dates here uh, and one of your subscription stuff for this month. Yep. Here. So uh, before we get to that, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will start here with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. I have very heard good things. Yeah, very mouthful of a collection for a collection that is full of stuff. Uh, it oh, has yeah. 13 games in it, uh, four for the NES, uh, two for the Super Nintendo, two for the Genesis, mm-hmm. three Game Boy games, and two arcade games. Mm-hmm. All stuff generally at that time centering around the uh, late 80s, early 90s cartoon series. Yeah. Uh, that also took inspiration from the movies a little bit. Yeah. Uh, mainly the uh, bosses, Toka and Razor from the second movie, and Super Shredder showing up in some of those games. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's too much else that comes from that stuff. Not really. But uh, I played a bunch of the games. I did a stream showing off a bunch of the stuff. Uh, the Game Boy games are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two are kind of you know, standard uh, GB kind of uh, brawlers, side-scrolling brawlers, mm-hmm. where your turtle's pretty big uh, yeah. there, and there's run around beating up dudes. Uh, control's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, though they have very limited animations because the Game Boy wasn't that powerful compared to the yeah. other platforms. Yeah. Uh, but the third game is the the one that's really notable because that is one where it's basically a Metroid-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the story is like all the other turtles besides Mikey see the TV about Shredder's latest shenanigans mm-hmm. and get captured by him. Uh, so it's up to Mikey to go and rescue them. And as you rescue them, they become available to uh, explore. You can mm-hmm. switch between them, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of a common theme between all the games is that like you can swap between the different turtles at times. Uh, the NES ones especially mm. allow that kind of thing where it's like, oh, this one died, now you have to pick another one to play as mm. kind of thing. But uh, that third one's pretty interesting because it has some nice little mechanic-type stuff to it that you wouldn't expect. And uh, the nice thing is that each each of the games has a strategy guide, though that's kind of being a little generous for what it is. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like a two-page bit of information, and they spend a lot of them for the games. It's like, here's what... Uh, the Konami code is in this game. Or here's yeah. codes for different things you could do. Yeah. Though I think you can activate that stuff before you go into the game, so you don't necessarily have to do it in the game if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also do, uh, what, one save state per game. I wish it was more. Because mm. uh, like the first NES game is just a really mean game. I like to have more save states for stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but you can load up what you need out of there. 
Yeah. Uh, what else? You can remap controls. Though these games are all pretty simple, mm-hmm. uh, since they're mostly on systems with two buttons. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Super Nintendo has four to it. Though I don't think Turtles in Time really uses the others too much. Mm. Uh, and yeah, the the Genesis stuff just has three buttons. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a pretty nice little collection. They have a bunch of extras. I think the only weird thing they don't do is they don't let you access the uh, instruction manual in the game. Mm. You have to like bounce out, but it's quick enough to do a save state and exit and go look at that and then come back. Uh, it's not too bad, but I was like, that's that's a weird omission. Mm-hmm. You know, because some of these games are a little more obtuse than you would think. Like the, the NES games, the first one, is a very mean game. Mm. Uh, is incredibly punitive with any sort of damage you take, uh, as well as, you know, your lives are having uh, however many turtles you have available with mm. you. And there's one point I think like, I went into, like, the first warehouse you can go into uh, that was, like, a two-level uh, warehouse. You know, you go to the en- end of the first level. There's a ladder up to the second that you want to go to the other end. Right. I think, and just getting to that first ladder is a little tough. Uh, when I got there, there was one dude with a chainsaw running around. Yeah. There was uh, another dude sort of shooting laser shots constantly uh, at the uh, the area with the ladder. And then there were three like little um, mutants or whatever uh, floating around on the roof, uh, jumping down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is a pure shit show. This is just a death." Uh, zone right here and so i was literally just trying to go up as our point try and get some hits jump back down do a save state kind of back and forth with that stuff uh that was just kind of super annoying uh, and i managed to get far enough to beat a boss i think rock steady uh and get a little bit further but yeah it's a game that's just kind of a, a very mean game of that era mm-hmm but maybe more so than some others. Oh yeah, especially for a licensed game. Definitely that game that as yeah, like that game is infamous uh, amongst old school NES players. It's just yeah, it's it's like it's so much so that it's a running joke. Um, yeah, they like even back uh, in like the old Nintendo Power days, they made jokes about it. It's <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, let me put it this way. The only game I know of on the NES that was harder than that was Battletoads. And Battletoads was damn near unplayable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, at least here you have save states and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if uh, that game has any sort of level skip stuff, but that is available in a number of the games. And Mm. so it helps out with the trophies, which are all just beat each one of the games. Yeah. Uh, so I think on the stream, I literally just in a uh, hyperstone heist, which is the Genesis port of turtles in time, which adds some other stuff to it. Yeah. Uh, I just warped to the final stage and yeah. uh, beat that and got the trophy for beating the game. It's like, Oh, that's great. Uh, I don't know how the easily that'd be for other games, mm-hmm. uh, especially like the, I assume the Metroid one doesn't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it would defeat the whole purpose, but 
uh, a lot of the others there uh, would be pretty good too. Be able to just like warp to the the last stage and beat that. Uh, they do have like a watch along thing mm. of a playthrough that you can kind of jump in wherever. I believe that is exempt from that trophy mm. uh, for the beaten it because I tried it for one of the games and uh, got to the the final boss, uh, which is almost always with Shredder yeah. in some form. Uh, beat him and didn't get the trophy. So there are some limitations to that stuff, but uh, for the most part, it's pretty fair. Uh, I don't believe it discriminates against using the Konami codes or in-game codes that are in-game menus, settings like that, allow you to set it to like easy and have more lives and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, that's what I was doing in Turtle in Time, Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo. Uh, where I just gave myself more lives. I didn't make it easier, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that game still is fantastic. Uh, also, there's like the, the second NES game is a port of the first arcade game. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a meaner version of that because in the arcade game, when you continue, you just continue from where you're at. That's, yeah. You put in quarters. In the NES version, you start the stage over again. Yep. So that's a lesson I learned in the first stage, where I was... You know, continued and go on. And it's like, oh, I should just save state at the right, like right when I'm at the boss fight, mm. and just keep fighting from there. Not ever lose the the boss fight technically. So mm. that's uh, my loss there. But yeah, that's uh, that's a hell of a thing. But they they did add rumble to the games. Mm-hmm. So like in the uh, the arcade game where. It was like the just these random sections where just just like big balls dropping down these stairs. Mm-hmm. For some reason, you can like feel that kind of stuff. It's like that's neat uh, for games that did not have that stuff at the the outset. Uh, but yeah, let's see. There's tournament fighters. I haven't played any of that stuff yet. Uh, the trophy strategy is just beat the arcade mode. Uh, the final boss and that stuff. So that's not too bad. Uh, but yeah, there's the arcade games, which I'll have, you know, Infinite Continues and all that. Uh, they do have Rewind in this, but it's only 10 seconds. So if yeah. you're going to rewind what you're doing, uh, you'd be quick on the draw on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to end up in situations where you realize, oh, I don't I don't have a suitable place to rewind to. Yeah. Uh, so I should, you know, save state more often or anything like that. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that is... Uh, as that, but all the supplemental material is pretty awesome. Uh, they have mm-hmm. a lot of adverts from that area from uh, that time uh, mm-hmm. for the many uh, magazines that the games would get advertised in, and even a lot of magazines that uh, where they advertise other stuff alongside the games. So, like the mm-hmm. there's one for like one of the Tiger handheld electronic games. Yep, that's I'm in pretty there. Sure, I actually played one of those when I was a kid. Yeah, I had one, too. I don't know which one. One of the sequels, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's advertisements for other Konami games or Ultra Games mm. titles that are in there. Uh, I think Parodius is a big one in there. Yep. Because uh, it was in a spread with another game. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff like that. There's a lot of like uh, dev material, design docs, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, here's here's where they... We're trying to map out the moves and like, okay, we got these sprites, you know, numbers, you know, 53, 56, 58, 
and 73. Those ones all go for this move kind of thing. Mm. And so that's all kind of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You have all the manuals, uh, plenty of uh, stuff from like the shows and all that, where they have just like screens from them. Nothing really video related, which would have been nice to see. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's a, uh, a really cool collection. There's some online play for a handful of the games. So if you have the the collection on Steam or PlayStation, they have means for being able to play local co-op games online mm. uh, through there. So you may be able to do that with any of the games that have local co-op. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's a, a lot of good stuff in that collection. Yep. Uh, it's a bit pricey at 40 bucks, but you get a lot of bang for your buck there. Uh, so I definitely recommend it if you're into the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and any of those games in that collection. So mm-hmm. that one's worth uh, checking out. Uh, let's see what else I've been playing. Tinykin. This is a game that is on Game Pass, but it's also on everything. Uh, it is a 3D platformer uh, from a small indie studio that is uh, kind of a mix of a 3D platformer was something like a Pikmin, uh, where you are a human from another planet. I guess has found out that you know humans didn't originate on that planet, so you decide to uh, go to Earth to see like, oh, where did we come from, kind of thing. And the the neat thing there is that uh, you are incredibly tiny compared to like what regular humans would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you end up crash landing on the planet, uh, as you might expect. Uh, the uh, then you run into a moth that is uh, sort of trying to uh, build some sort of contraption that, uh, as the all the all the various insects you run into mm. are worshiping uh, the creator of this Arduin mm-hmm. that they have. Uh, that used to live in this house, but no longer does. Uh, and they just believe that uh, he has like left them uh, to become a deity or something. So they worship him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find a big church for that stuff in the first stage, which is sort of, I think, a bedroom or a living room. I forget. Uh, but you go through these different areas. You are just completing like a few simple goals if you just want to mainline it. Uh, mm. In that case, it's probably not a very long game, maybe like six or seven hours. Uh, but the nice thing is that it is kind of a collect-a-thon platformer yeah. uh, to a degree, uh, where for whatever reason, the first stage, it's like, uh, collect a thousand of these things, uh, but you mm. don't have to collect a thousand of them because there are a bunch of like bigger, bigger bits of this pollen that you can... Uh, collect and that's not all of them that's in the stage that's just kind of the the main goal because then you take it to uh, a dude who takes that pollen and turns it into nectar that then gives you an additional uh, bubble that lets you uh, glide further because that's one of your abilities that you can uh, you know push uh, your jump button a second time and you can glide for a while mm. Uh and as you do that with each stage, you kind of get an additional bubble. It's like where I'm at, I have five bubbles now, so I can glide pretty far uh, mm-hmm. for a while. So I can 
get across some big jumps uh, here and there. So that is a, a nice little thing, but it's just kind of a, a really nice platformer. Uh, a lot of uh, each of the areas is kind of its own contained thing mm-hmm. as you go around. And so it's kind of a nice uh, way to uh, just kind of chill and play and, you know, go around, you know, generally if you find pulling around, it's like, oh, there's something over here I need to do. And they do have some repeat objectives, uh, things like, oh, there's a mail carrier who's lost their mail. And you go around mm-hmm. the stage and try and find it. Uh, and there's usually somebody that's got some sort of problem where they have a a gem, they call it, uh, that has been lost, uh, which is a ring pop. Uh, and so you have to gather it for them kind of thing. Uh, I forget if there's anything else that's repeating, but generally it's like, oh, there's like three artifacts that you can go find and do quests for people uh, to get because they're things related to Arduin that is left behind. Uh, that's something to do. But there's like a main quest, usually finding a key or something. But yeah, the tiny kin are kind of the, the Pikmin here. Mm-hmm. They're creatures that, uh, as the like moth tells you, like for some reason, taking a liking to you and like listen to you. So as you're going around, uh, you'll find these little like pods that kind of look like the uh, like alien pods in Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, you'll see different colors for different types. Uh, I think it was pink for like the the basic strength ones. You'll see red ones that can explode, and mm-hmm. you throw those at you know obstacles and boxes and such that need to be blown up. Uh, there's mm-hmm. also the uh, green ones, which kind of form a uh, kind of like a big stick of sorts, so they can like let you get higher up, so you can maybe get uh, a higher jump to get around obstacles and such. Instead of just having the platform and where I'm at, I have a blue one now, uh, which are electrical that you can use to kind of form a chain of uh, these ones to chain this current around to, you know, a broken wire of some sort. So uh, it's got a little bit of variety. Got some Pikmin stuff there. Nothing really too complicated as uh, there's no real big puzzle things with them. Like Pikmin is, uh, Oftentimes, just like, oh, there's something I can pick up here with one of them. I'll throw it out there, and they'll just literally carry it around for a while, unless it's something that has to be moved somewhere. And they just start moving it uh, until they can't anymore. Uh, you may have to open up a a door or break something down so they get a path to go through, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's all a nice, enjoyable time. It's on Game Pass as well as any of the other platforms out there, PC, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. I think it's really worth checking out. And if you're a completionist, it'll be a little bit tough on that stuff. Uh, I've gotten all of the nectar or the pollen collectibles in one stage, but I have not gotten them all in the other others. The, there's one stage I got it down to eight left, which I think is there's like a cluster somewhere, but I can't figure out where the last remaining thing is. So I'm hoping I can unlock something at some point that just shows me where it's at. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a really nice quality of life thing. Instead of just making me hunt in every single nook and cranny that I have, uh, already tried to look in and I don't know where I'm missing something, but yeah, that's a uh, tiny kin, whether we're checking mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see. Also, been playing more Saints Row as I'm continuing along in this game, and it mm-hmm. still continues to be an okay time. Uh, yeah. Nothing really too terrible in this. Uh, the writing's all right. Uh, the graphics are all right. Uh, it mm. does uh, have some little buggy issues here and there. Now I've gotten once trapped in the uh, the character editor uh, where I was just looking around because every time you go through missions that unlock stuff, it shows up as an exclamation point in there. Mm. So I have to go click through and highlight it, and then it's gone. But then one time hitting the back button didn't do anything. Mm. Uh, then I was stuck and I had to quit out of the game and launch it back up again. Mm. Then I was fine there. But uh, the driving stuff still has a lot of bugs to it where just driving around, you just start bouncing in the air with physics that don't make any sense. But mm-hmm. that's usually not too bad, though. Now I'm at the part where I'm unlocking just more and more side stuff to the game and... I unlocked one series of missions I can do that involve you uh, disposing of nuclear waste from corporations that uh, don't want to uh, handle that themselves. And so you got some like shady business that you can set up that does that stuff. And so it's like, oh, you have to go over here mm. and get the truck uh, yeah. and drive it back. And if you take any bumps, uh, they will start going volatile and exploding mm. kind of thing. And like once it starts doing that, then all the traffics lose their mind and become unpredictable. Mm. And it just exacerbates that further. I had to do it probably like three or four times. And it's a long ways from where I have it set up. So it's just a huge uh, annoyance. That was like, yeah, I'll get this one done. Cause it's the one you have to do to finish the, the setup of this business, but I'm not doing any of these others because these are just super annoying. I would even have it so I wasn't, you know, setting anything off. And then I'd maybe like barely hit a curb or something that would start the chain reaction, and just cause everybody to lose their minds. And you can't just restart it. You have to drive all the way back to the start point mm. uh, to do it. So I'd have to listen to the phone call because the first one you go to the place and there's like, a broken barrel and a, uh, a splash of nuclear material on the ground. Your hair is like, it's not here. Mm. And the other person's like, what? It's, it's there. Go look. You need to go follow the trail around and find mm. it hidden somewhere up near the mountains. So it's like, Oh, that's great. That's a great place to have it. Uh, but yeah, I managed to get around, uh, most of the way. And then like, uh, I accidentally bump a gang member, one of your rival gangs, and they just start shooting at my stuff. And it's like, well, this is a shit show because either I, you know, just ram into them and that's just going to exacerbate things further yeah. or just let them keep shooting it and that's just going to make it worse. And mm. as a huge annoyance. So that was the, the thing. I was like, all right, I'm done with this game for the day. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that. And the last thing, Rocket League. Uh, season ends on Wednesday, so I'm excited for that. I've been playing some mm. more, finishing up the last couple of goals I've had, so that's been pretty much it for me. So how about you, Brandon? Well, um, I am still playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, and I'm almost finished with it. I'm on the 
penultimate chapter uh, before the fi- finale. And uh, basically, after I do that, I get to go back to Camarocho and uh, do all the stuff over there before the final battle. But right now, um, before I can do that, I have to fight against basically the guy who's been the face of this franchise for the last uh, several installments, at least especially for people who have been playing the game stateside. Um, And uh, he is, at this point, the most difficult boss I've run up against because he is basically extremely strong. Um, Normal attacks do very little damage on him. You mostly have to use skills. Um... And he also, like, hits like crazy, like a freight train, so... Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm still playing that. Um, so, uh, on top of that, I've been using my um, uh, my Xbox, uh, my Game Pass subscription. And I got two of the newer games that were released recently. One of them is called Immortality, and the other one is called Immortals Phoenix Rising. Now, of course... The latter has been out for a little while. Um, it's an Ubisoft game. Uh, it's basically kind of like... it's. I basically call it Assassin's Creed Breath of the Wild because that's basically what it is. Um, it has like very cartoony sort of graphics and it's based around like Greek myth and stuff, but controls-wise, it's basically Assassin's Creed Dark Souls. Um, I mean, Assassin's Creed Breath of the Wild. Um, everything from, like, the climbing and flying mechanics from, uh, Breath of the Wild to, like, the stealth and combat mechanics from Assassin's Creed. Pretty much all down into this game. And I'm not saying it's bad by any, by any standard. It's actually a very enjoyable, but it's also, like, you start playing it and you definitely start seeing a lot of the, uh, common Ubisoft features that they seem to reuse from game to game um but uh so yeah i've uh, been playing that and the other game of course is immortality and immortality is basically a uh well how can i put this it's an interactive film game where you're taking the part of a film editor who is uh is uh going through and restoring these three separate unreleased films that all starred this model-turned-actress uh, named Marissa Arcel. Um, the three films were released over a period of pretty much like 30 years, uh, between 1969 and 1999. Um, and uh, essentially, it's like, it, and it's it's... right off the bat, you start to realize that something's off. Like, for example, the fact that even though, you know, this, it's been like 30 years between these films, this woman has not aged a day. She basically looks exactly the same in 1999, the same way she looked in 1969. Um, she, there's also a lot of odd stuff that's happening in the footage. Um, so, like, you know, basically, since, you know, you are acting on the part of a film editor, that means that you get all this footage that you can look through, and, you know, you can play it, rewind it, fast-forward it, uh, scrub it, go frame by frame. Basically, you know, your normal film editing stuff. And one of the things, what you do is, um, as you're going through these uh, through this footage, when you stop it, you can then use the... Uh, basically the cursor to 
more or less zoom in on various objects that are in the frame, and that will in turn link to another piece of footage. Um, and over time, you start to find connections between stuff that's happening in one part of one part of another of a movie to another part of footage that might be in another part of, of a movie. And on top of the movie, you're also getting stuff like, you know, behind the scenes uh, material, uh, private footage that they shot, you know, when they were off set, uh, film interviews. There's even a interview that very starts off that basically that's supposed to take place in 1968 that it, 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 they don't say it outright, but the guy who's hosting it is supposed to be a younger Johnny Carson. Um, and uh, it's it, then one thing that you do notice is that every so often your controller will start vibrating. And what happens when the controller starts vibrating is weird stuff starts happening in the footage. Uh, in one particular part, I actually uh, got it where it was like, okay, it's uh, vibrating, and so I started rewinding the footage or having it played backwards. And you start seeing new stuff showing up. You start seeing, like, footage that you previously didn't see there. Uh, footage of what appears to be some woman trying to talk about something into the camera. Occasionally, you'll see, like, new stuff showing up in the background. It is phenomenally creepy. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a not, like, a real slam-bang action game. It's very much a slow burn. But if you're one of those guys who loves creeping terror, like I do, uh, you're going to love this. <laughs> really. Um, and I will tell you, it is a 17-rated game. Uh, nudity and sex is in it, and they tell you like that right at the beginning of the game. So you know it's definitely not for kids. But if you're an adult and you love creepy shit, you will love this. But um, yeah, that's what I've been playing. All right, so yeah, let's get to some news there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can tell you got a storm going on. Yeah. All right. Hopefully it'll be dying down soon. Uh, yeah. But yeah, let's get to some news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a new month, so let's talk about what is coming out for your subscription services. Mm -hmm. uh, for PlayStation Plus this month, they decided to go for both their monthly games mm -hmm. for Essential and their uh, second half of the month games for Extra and Premium, the game catalog. Mm. Uh, instead of splitting those up, I guess. Uh, so we got all of that here to talk about uh, for PlayStation Plus Essential that'll be available here on September 6th. Mm -hmm. uh, there is Need for Speed Heat for the PS4, mm -hmm. uh, which is a solid racing game. Yeah. Uh, a more racing game set in, I think, like a Miami-style area. Mm -hmm. uh, so that one's pretty solid. Uh, let's see, there's Grand Blue Fantasy Versus for the PS4. Yeah. Uh, it's an Arc System Works game, bringing yeah. the sort of popular mobile franchise Grand Blue yep. Fantasy to uh, PlayStation. Yep. Uh, which is a fighting game. Yep. Uh, with some RPG mechanics to it uh, and all that. So that's something that uh, people should check out. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last one here is Tome for the PS5. Yeah. Uh, this is a. A uh, game that I liked a lot when I played it earlier this year. It's a uh, photographic adventure game mm -hmm. uh, where you're playing a character who goes on their uh, sort of journey as a like a teenager 
mm-hmm. to like adulthood kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we are going on your uh, adventure to find Tome, uh, which is something you'll see at the end of the game. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, along the way, you're meeting weird characters that are like looking for stuff, and you take pictures of it uh, and try mm-hmm. and figure out what they're asking you to do and all this kind of stuff. It's a really neat little charming game. People yeah. should definitely check out. Uh, so yeah, there you go, Tome. That's your monthly stuff here available on the 6th. Uh, solid lineup there. Uh, before the game catalog that will be available on September 20th, uh, here are the games available for Extra and Up. Uh, there's Deathloop for the PS5. I'm s- kind of surprised by this. Yeah. Uh, I figured Microsoft would uh, not push it up onto the PlayStation Plus and just get it onto Game Pass as soon as possible, but I think people were saying that uh, it would be out of whatever contract it had, exclusivity contract by now, and they would just zap it onto Xbox right away, but mm. that seems to not be the case just yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a PS5-only game that uh, mm-hmm. you should check out. Yeah. Really neat kind of time loop game. Yeah. By the people who do the uh, Dishonored series, Arcane. Um, yeah. I sure would like to play it, but I still don't have a PS5, so... Yeah. I'm going to have to wait until it gets to Xbox, I guess. Yep. Uh, let's see. What else do they have here? Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. The first of the Souls-like Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. Uh, set in Egypt. Uh, that's a pretty nice little game. Yeah. Uh, it and Odyssey are probably the best games in that entire series. Uh, you know, and I am counting Assassin's Creed 2 in that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Though I think they are games of bloat. Oh, 100%. Origins especially. Um, yeah. And Odyssey isn't quite as bad, but um, because even though it does have a lot of content, there's a bit more you know, content in that content rather than what you end up getting in Origins, which is yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why I've beaten Assassin's Creed 2 and not Origins or Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you got that. It's part of the Ubisoft stuff being added for this month. There's Watch Dogs 2 for the PS4, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a good game. Yep. Uh, a nice take on San Francisco to go explore and cause some chaos there. Uh, with your crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, there's Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Mm. A game that never seems to die, because they're adding characters from the new movie, Superhero, yeah. to this. Yeah. As much as people want this game to die so they can get a third. Mm. Uh, this just keeps getting new DLC for the new content they keep putting out. Yep. So, yeah, it's a mashup uh, sort of game that has uh, brawler and action RPG stuff to it. Mm-hmm. And all as you create your like own character, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and jump into iconic moments from the series as well as uh, other stuff in there. So uh, there you go for that. Uh, let's see what else they have here. Spirit Farer, Far- Farewell Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of management game about you essentially being the uh, Charon replacement as mm-hmm. the fairy master to... Uh, the deceased, bring them to the afterlife. Uh, instead, you kind of befriend these people, learn about them, like what they need to be ready to move on, 
mm-hmm. and kind of do that. And along yeah. the way, you're kind of farming, mining, fishing, uh, doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a uh, you can do that with two players, with uh, Daffodil the cat being the other player. Yep. Uh, to do some stuff for you. Uh, let's see. There's also Chicory, a colorful tale, another great indie game. Uh, it's kind of a top-down adventure game, uh, a little bit like a Zelda, but instead of fighting enemies so much, you're kind of controlling this paintbrush to mm-hmm. uh, fill the world with color. Yeah. Uh, and solve puzzles and all that kind of stuff from there. So that's a very cool game that is about depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game 5. Yeah, uh, you can... One, it's you can very, uh, you can pretty safely ignore that one. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, PS5 and PS4. I think it's one of a handful of motocross games that are on this service. So mm-hmm. uh, another one you can I check mean, if out. If you're absolutely starving for motocross and maybe give it a shot, but yeah, um, those games are just generally not good. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else is here. Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX. Mm-hmm. This is sort of the uh, remake of the original Alex Kidd. Yep. The game is full of a lot of bullshit. Oh, God, yes. Uh, but has, you know, new graphics and um, some improvements and an- better animations and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, you, you can also play retro mode with the original graphics, uh, mm-hmm. switch back and forth if you want. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's a game where you can die playing uh, rock, paper, scissors. Yep. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Some more Ubisoft stuff here. Rabbit's Invasion, the interactive TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a camera-based game. Yeah. Uh, one where you can kind of play along with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, it's based on the TV show stuff. Mm-hmm. So that can be a fun one with kids. Uh, let's see. Also available here, Rayman Legends for the PS4. Yeah. A uh, fantastic 2D platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, worth checking out. Let's see. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game, complete edition for PS4. Yeah. Uh, it's also a good game in the mm-hmm. style of the... Uh, what? Uh, I forget what the... The games are aping. I forget what that's called. But the it's a classic style of... Uh, River City Raccoon, uh, River yeah. City, River City Ransom, yeah, River City Ransom games, yeah, it's that but Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. You can check that out. Uh, let's see. Here's the premium only stuff. Mm-hmm. The classics. Uh, there's Siphon Filter Two. Uh, so there you go. You can get uh, the continuing saga of Gabe Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Then. And there's uh, Toy Story 3 for the PSP. Mm-hmm. And Kingdom of Paradise for the PSP, which is an action RPG game. I forget who made this one. I'll double check here. I think it's Climax Entertainment. I think they're one of those devs that makes a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they yeah. worked with Camelot on Shining in the Darkness, Shining Force. Made Landstalker, Lady mm-hmm. Stalker, Dark Savior. On the Saturn, Time Stalkers on the Dreamcast. And teams made a lot of weird little stuff over the mm-hmm. years. So I guess they shut down a while ago. Yeah. Uh, 2014 to 2015. 
After making a bunch of DS games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. You can play one of their uh, more solid games there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see, they have some PS3 stuff, so that is streaming only. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sly Collection, yeah, which is a great collection there. Yeah. Uh, Sly Cooper: Thieves in Time, which is also a great game. Yep, that's uh, the number. That's basically Sly Cooper Four, basically. Yeah, um, you go through time. Yeah. Uh, meet some of your ancestors. Mm-hmm. And then there's Bentley's Hack Pack, which is a sort of arcade minigame collection mm-hmm. of sorts that uh, it has a bunch of stuff to it. Uh, yeah, based on the, let's see, featuring three of the retro-inspired arcade minigames from Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. It kind of expands that with 20 levels, 100 challenges to each game. Uh, also includes a bunch of Sly Cooper stuff to collect and all that. So that's another neat little collection there, uh, addition there. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty good month for, uh, the premium and the extra tiers. So, mm-hmm. uh, definitely worth uh, checking that stuff out. If you have those subscription tiers, mm-hmm. uh, let's get to games with gold. I don't think there's a game pass announcement yet. So this is just what we have for Xbox. Uh, but they have a new slate. This is the last month for the older games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, starting September 1st, Gods Will Fall, mm. uh, which is an action-adventure game of sorts involving, like I said, Celtic lore. Yeah. Mythology kind of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Uh, there's Double Kick Heroes, which mm. despite what the name looks like, it's more of a uh, shoot 'em up mixed with a rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that out. It's like metal themed for that. Uh, it's the 16th uh, available on the first for the older games. Thrillville, uh, which is a uh, theme park simulator game uh, from LucasArts. Yeah. Uh, that's an all right game. And then the, mm-hmm. for the yeah, last part of the month, September 16th, Portal 2, uh, which is a fantastic game uh, that has some... Great uh, new characters that are voiced by Stephen Merchant and J.K. Simmons. Mm. Uh, so that's a game that is definitely worth checking out and probably the best of this bunch. Mm-hmm. If you have not played it already. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. And all right, line up with one really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get to the rest of our news here. Mm. Uh, we have some dates here uh, mm-hmm. coming out on September 6th. Horizon Chase 2 is happening, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, problem is, it's an Apple Arcade exclusive. Uh, so it'll only be available for people subscribing to Apple Arcade on iOS and uh, maybe the Mac computer. Uh, it'll supposed to be coming to all major consoles and PC in 2023 mm-hmm. at some point. So that's cool if this is uh, happening. Uh, a little disappointing that it's only Apple exclusive for the time being. So I'll have to keep an eye out for when it's done with that exclusivity. Because mm-hmm. that looks real nice. Uh, sort of an upgrade to the original game. Look at things. So yeah, that's, uh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, happening here on Wednesday, September 7th, there's going to be an NIS America Showcase. Uh, that'll have... They're saying four new game announcements. Mm-hmm. 
as well as a handful of updates on other games and a post-show with an in-depth look at upcoming games launching soon. So that could very well bring some interesting stuff. I don't know what the uh, big things are going to be, but we probably will get a date or two for some of those Trails games Mm -hmm. uh, that they have not dated yet. Uh, Because there's one of them that's coming out this month, I believe, right? Uh, I forget which one that would be. But uh, yeah, there you go. Something to keep an eye out on later this week. I think that'll be on at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll have it on their Twitch channel for you to check out. Uh, So yeah, there you go. Mm. All right. And yeah, along with that, another showcase is coming up soon. The Ubisoft Forward on September 10th. Mm -hmm. And we know at least one of the games that will be there. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. new Assassin's Creed game, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yeah. It seems to be uh, probably Persian-themed, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. It looks Prince of Persia-like here, which is probably going to annoy Prince of Persia fans. Because mm-hmm. uh, their game has been delayed indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And they got this one coming out here uh, pretty soon, it seems. Yeah, set in Baghdad with Basim. Mm-hmm. A major character from Valhalla, which I have not played enough of to know who the hell that is. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Another one of those. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, neat. But yeah, they'll have their Ubisoft Forward. Mm-hmm. Talking about a bunch of their stuff that's coming out this fall and next year. Yeah. Of sorts. So, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be on Saturday. Mm. And that'll be happening at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, for that, so let's see some more game stuff. Yep. Shovel, Knight, Shovel Knight Dig is going to yep. be launching September 23rd. Yeah, that's going to be the puzzle game, isn't it? No, this is the uh, sort of digging platformer game. Ah, of sorts. right. Uh, Switch PC and Apple Arcade, September 23rd, uh, $24.99. Uh, the, uh, this is a it's from Nitrum, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. makers of Bomb Chicken yeah. uh, and some other games. Uh, very much going to be sort of an action-oriented game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of digging through the earth of sorts and fighting enemies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be uh, pretty neat to see uh, mm-hmm. another one of their spinoff games oh, coming yeah. out here. And they've been, like, all of the uh, Shovel Knight spinoffs have all been really solid. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what the other one was called. Uh, I guess Pocket. Mm-hmm. That is a really cool kind of roguelite puzzle game. So, yeah, there you go on that one. Uh, we do have one game that is not going to be releasing this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to hit 2022. Did not even have a more narrow release date there. Uh, so, yeah, you'll have to uh, wait a bit longer. They say they are aiming for summer 2023. Yep. Uh, saying we are convinced that releasing this game this year will not take it to a level where we would be personally satisfied with. To create a fulfilling and unique game, we are extending the development time of Bonrush Cyberfunk 
mm-hmm. to summer 2023. Uh, but they are going to be showing off more of it here in the near future. Uh, so it'll be Switch and PC first. Mm-hmm. And other consoles about a week later. So there you go. That's one to keep an eye out on for next summer. Mm-hmm. That's probably a better time frame for it. Uh, to get a little more breathing room. But yeah, we have some other news here. We're done with the dates. Yep. Live Alive has uh, reached 500,000 shipments and digital sales. Good. That game deserves it. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm glad that those old those old school RPGs like this are getting a second life. So. Yep. Uh, seems like a pretty solid RPG uh, to check out. And uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on, especially uh, if sales come around. Because it seems like one of those games where, uh, or games where kind of the quality goes up and down a bit depending on the chapters you're playing. Mm, well, uh, they all, yeah, they all kind of. Well, each chapter is like inherently different. So yeah, yeah, I've seen people talking about like, oh, this one didn't do anything for me, but this other one did. Yeah, kind of thing. Well, that's kind of the beauty of the game is it's got something for everybody. But, yeah. uh, you know, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see here. Next up, Hangar 13 announced that they're working on a new Mafia game. Mm. Uh, sort of part of their Mafia 20th anniversary celebration. Uh, these are the devs of Mafia 3, though I believe they have had a lot of turnover since that game came out. Yeah. So it's not necessarily going to be, you know, the same team that worked on that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they have confirmed that they are working on a new project, and it's just starting, so it'll be at least a few years before they get a chance to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, also part of this celebration, they put the original Mafia up for uh, free on Steam mm. to grab. It's not the definitive edition, it's the original-ass Mafia. Yeah game so probably be uh, a little bit weird to play uh, mm. if it doesn't just have problems running on you know mm. windows 10 or 11 or modern pcs so you have to double check if you need to do anything extra to get it working right mm-hmm. but uh that's a neat little bonus thing to do mm-hmm. uh so yeah there you go mafia game to look out for mm-hmm uh, we have a few bits of acquisition news here. Yeah. NetEase Games has acquired Quantic Dream. Yes, they have. Uh, and uh, not sure if that's a good or a bad thing, to be completely honest. Because um, Quantic Dream has had some issues for a while now. Yeah, they've been in a little bit of legal trouble in yeah. France relating to harassment and kind of yeah toxic work environments and just and just david cage is a bit of a shithead in general yeah uh but yeah this probably gives them a bit more of a solid uh financial backing mm-hmm. uh, for the stuff they're working on in the future uh which includes you know an upcoming star star wars game and the uh their first published game that they got announced last week mm-hmm uh, so they're trying to be more of a bigger force in uh, the industry as a publisher of sorts. So we'll have to see how that goes. 
Uh, but yeah, speaking of acquisitions, uh, Katokawa Corporation, the owners of uh, From Software, have yep. taken on more third-party stock yeah. allotments and have allowed Sony and Six Joy Hong Kong, a Tencent holding subsidiary, yeah. to increase their uh, shares in the company yeah. up to, I think, 30% total between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six Joy has 16.25% now, mm-hmm. and Sony Interactive Entertainment has 14.09%. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Katakawa currently has 69.66% of the shares. Yeah. Still the biggest shareholder in the company. Yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, Katakawa doesn't basically got uh, fingers in just about every pie you can imagine. Books, anime, uh, movies, music, pretty much, you know, overseas branding, pretty much anything you can think of. Yeah, they're one of those smaller Japanese companies that uh, is well diversified. Yeah. And just happens to own one of the biggest uh, successful companies in Japan. Yep. So, yeah, kind of a lucky a lucky bit of uh, uh, fun times for them. Oh, yeah. And now uh, two more companies uh, get to have more of a share in that stuff. Yeah. So that is... Uh, Interesting to see. So every time you're buying Elden Ring, you're giving a cut of that money to Sony. Yeah. Whether you're on Xbox or uh, PC. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they get the colony shots or anything. No. They just enjoy the money that comes in. Yeah. So there you go for that. And the, the last acquisition news we have for the week is Sony has acquired a mobile studio called Savage Game Studios. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a part of their new, I think they're calling it like PlayStation Studios Mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're sort of mobile-focused area, mm-hmm. which they I don't think have any studios in there at the moment. Uh, they used to have some other mobile divisions, but those have been devolved since. But I think it's a studio that has a lot of talent to it that uh, formed a formed their studio back in 2020 and hasn't put anything out yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're supposedly working on a big budget, like mobile game mm. of sorts, and I guess seemed to be impressive enough that Sony wanted to acquire them wholesale. Mm-hmm. So probably not anything that will uh, be influencing any of the console or PC stuff they're doing, uh, but could get them more of a foothold in the mobile space if it does well. They say they're already working on a new unannounced AAA mobile live service action game. Sure is a thing you can do. Uh, so yeah, there you go for that. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to our last uh, handful of stories here of issues that have been going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halo Infinite has not had a great time here in the past year yeah. or two. Uh, uh, they have announced that the next season has been delayed a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, let's see, uh, season two will now extend into March. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be ending in early November, but they have decided to delay that. But they still have an update set for November 8th with a bunch of stuff to it. You know, two new maps. The Forge is going to be uh, 
potentially going to be in that the beta at least for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. There's more cosmetics, a free 30 level battle pass that'll fill out the rest of the year. Uh, there's going to be online co-op for the open world campaign. Mm. Uh, plus the option to finally replay missions as well as uh, yeah, new game mode. A new event will be uh, starting uh, sometime soon. And yeah, there's a beta for the revamp of the XP program, mm. as well as quality of life improvements, all that kind of stuff you'd expect for like a live service game. But it comes with a bit of a caveat that they are canceling the uh, announced uh, local co-op, split screen mm. co-op kind of game uh, mode for the campaign stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has been a thing that has not been in a Halo game since I think Halo 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Halo 5 did not have it and was rightfully like a very uh, sore spot for that game. Uh, mm-hmm. Fans did not take kindly to that and they seem to say like, hey, we're going to make sure and focus on that for future games and here's Halo Infinite. Uh, yeah. A year later, and it's can't been canceled to focus those resources on mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the game, mm. which is disappointing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I imagine that was probably a very ambitious thing to try to do because it's you know an open world game. Mm-hmm. There, are, I'm not sure how many out there even have like split screen co op for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is Halo, and that's sort of been one of its key features since the first game. So I can see why people would have been expecting it. Uh, so yeah, it's disappointing to see them just kind of come out and cancel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, just kind of puts uh, another pin on that. This game's existence, it's like, wow, this is... Not gone the way they thought it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, the campaign itself is good, but yeah, the multiplayer has just been rife with issues over the past uh, nine months. There uh, definitely going to be uh, an interesting way to see how this stuff plays in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. No local mm-hmm. co-op for Halo Infinite. Uh, the second game in the series to shirk that mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So yeah, speaking of games canceling stuff, we knew Dragalia Lost was going to be shutting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced earlier this year that they were putting out their last updates, and uh, we now have a date for when it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be let's see, uh, November 29th at 10 p.m. Pacific time, November 30th at 1 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, the game will be shut down and unplayable at that point. But you can no longer purchase any of the in-game currency stuff uh, there uh, anymore. And the yeah, the up, upgrade essentials and packs will no longer be available for purchase starting October 30th. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but you can spend what you've uh, purchased or earned previously. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, after the service ends, it'll have an end of service notification when mm. you start up the game and will no longer be playable. So 
There you go. Kind of this game ends about four years after it launched, which is a pretty good run. Yeah, uh, for a modern MMR, MMORPG that's like, you know, or like an online game that's not, you know, done by Blizzard or Square. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good run. Not going to lie. Yeah. Especially for one of Nintendo's big first efforts. Mm-hmm. Though they're not exactly putting up much of uh, new efforts. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just running out what they've got. Just kind of most like Mario Kart Tour. And uh, what Animal Crossing and the Pikmin thing. Mm-hmm. Right now, not much uh, new for them, but yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, next up here, the developer of Eternal Blade... Two yeah. uh, has accused their publisher, P Cube, of withholding payments and uh after they canceled the publishing contract as a result uh of not allowing them to have the publishing rights back to do with the game as they please. Yeah, this uh, this gr- the P Cube just keeps getting shadier and shadier. It's like Yeah. Damn. Yeah, they put out a big message sort of talking about the past three years since the game has launched, uh, which has been a bit rough. It did not come out in the quality they probably would have wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have mentioned that, uh, yeah, P-Cube has published Eternal Blade 2 on the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One mm-hmm. in Europe since October 2019 under publishing agreements. And agreed to pay a minimum guarantee to us. Our B-Cube has only paid a small part of the minimum guarantee of the signing milestone by the time we sent them the game. And they never paid the remaining milestones. Mm. We've been trying to resolve this issue with P-Cube, but we're unable to reach a solution. Leading us to terminate the publishing agreement around September 2020. However, P-Cube has refused to return the publishing control on the console platforms back to us. Continues to sell and take all revenue from Eternal Blade 2. Uh, P-Cube offered to hand over publishing control to us if we agreed to keep this matter secret. But we no longer wanted to be involved with any more deals with P-Cube. Mm. We knew something was not right, but as a small independent developer, we cannot afford to pay legal fees to fight the case in another country. We have contacted each platform to ask for the return of our publishing control. So far, Nintendo and Sony have... Only Nintendo and Sony have taken our game off their Europe stores. Mm-hmm. We still have not received any revenue from the sales in Europe. Mm. Because of the incident, we have had to do various additional works to recover from our financial situation. We promise that we will be back soon to patch the problems and continue to release new content for Eternal Blade 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are always, always thankful for everyone who's been supporting us. We want everyone to have fun with our games, satisfied with our product. Hope our fans mm-hmm. understand our situation. Hope you will continue to support us. Mm-hmm. And P-Cube has issued their own response. It's pretty long. Uh, a lot of it's Seems to just basically acknowledge this thing is a, a thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, but they're not going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. They mentioned there's like a, uh, let's see, PQ proposed and sent numerous proposals and support agreements to revert rights to Corsell in line with their request. These are not acknowledged by Corsell. Nevertheless, despite mm-hmm. all the challenges and the lack of communication from Corsell, PQ released its rights to the console versions back to Corsell well before the end of the agreement term remain open to support Corsell in any way possible. It was like, we're trying to do it, 
but you won't do another deal with us. Wasn't kind of like as the the dev said, like they offered to do that if they you know signed an NDA kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, yeah, that's not great to do. Yeah, uh, you only generally do NDAs when you're about to do something shitty. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that kind of co- uh, combines with the stuff we talked about last week with uh, the devs of A Space for the Unbound. Mm. that was like, yeah, these guys seem like they're not great to deal with. Yeah. Uh, especially if you hope to have like a, a partner that will work with you and do what's needed to get things done. Mm-hmm. They seem to like to get the money and then that's about it. So yeah, that is uh, an unfortunate situation. Seems like if you want to support them, you should probably stick to like the PC version. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, because I believe they publish uh, self-publish on the PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for the time being, just keep an eye on it. See if uh, the devs have uh, any updates on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. And we'll get to the the last two stories here. Involve shitty people on Steam getting their just rewards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's a story about uh, scammers on Steam. Yeah. After an indie dev has exposed this practice, uh, this involves, let me see here, indie dev Cowcat, mm-hmm. developer behind the newly released point click adventure or point click beat em up Brock, B R O K, uh, shared a now viral thread on Twitter explaining how this type of scam involves curators, Steam codes, and reviews, and how that works. Uh, the quick explanation is that. Uh, they have email inboxes that are flooded with code requests from various curators on Steam. Mm-hmm. Most of these are believed to be scammers in an effort to see just how many were shady. They sent all of the curators' codes, but not for the full game, just the demo. The idea was that if the curators were legit, they'd hit the end of the demo, then reach out and ask for the full code to do a proper review. Mm-hmm. Instead, many didn't, and codes for the game started appearing on key selling sites. Even though the developer doesn't support these types of marketplaces, shortly after that, some curators began posting negative reviews of Brock, even though none of them had received the full game. Mm-hmm. While there are some other possibilities, it seems very likely these curators were simply trying to scam Cowcats out of some free codes that could then be resold. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if a number of the curators are probably owned by the same person. Mm-hmm. So they try to, you know, get some... Uh, a good number of them, that kind of thing. But yeah, Cowcat reached out to Valve and let them know like what has been going on here. And seems that Valve agreed with them mm-hmm. that these curators were not playing by the rules. We're possibly using negative reviews as punishment for not providing keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, curators can leave a review for games they don't own, unlike most anybody else on the on the service. So. Got a message uh, back from uh, Steam saying like, hey, yeah, we've uh, banned these people. Uh, at least 20 curators have been banned as a result for these practices. Uh, and clicking on a link to one of these curator groups now takes you to a message from Bao stating that this group has been removed for violating Steam community rules and guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's not that much of a punishment because it's easy to make new accounts. 
So many of them will probably return. I don't know that they're going to necessarily like try to IP ban these people or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this scam hopefully being exposed makes other developers more wary. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of the devs I follow talk about like, oh, getting easy to spot scams. They're like, oh, I'm this person or I'm working with this website. Well, I'm not using their domain name as my email. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just a freelancer for them. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. This is more nefarious because you're going through a system on Steam that uh, is supposed to be used to help you know anybody that's doing that kind of stuff there to get codes and such. But yeah, like 11-Bit Studios, another developer and publisher that has seen this kind of abuse has said they're done providing curators with Steam codes. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Uh, Unfortunately, I think it's going to probably result in everybody losing access to this kind of uh, feature versus, you know, just only the bad ones getting punished. Everybody will, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not it for the bad stuff happening to bad people on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next one is a fun one. Uh, this developer of a game called Domina. Yeah. Uh, uh, decided to put out patch notes here on August 31st and in the process uh, included a transphobic screed attacking the trans streamer Keffels. Yeah. Um, if you and- don't know Keffels, uh, they have been involved with a battle with Kiwi Farms. In- we, we talked about them uh, on Let's Weekend. and Yeah. They are a forum... Efforts. Yeah, go keep going, keep going. Yeah, they are a forum where some of the worst people on the internet's, you know, converge to uh, plan attacks and harassment of people, mostly transgender people on the internet, but also neuroatypical people. Uh, yeah, basically anyone that they see fit to just decide who they want to harass. Um, yeah, and they have uh, done the harassing to a point where a number of people have committed suicide. Yep. Uh, that has, yeah. And they have recently gotten dropped from Cloudflare, who is their DDoS provider, sort of one of the last big companies that had been essentially kind of shielding them from getting shut down. Uh, so that has happened here as of the last day or two. Uh, so this developer decided, hey, this person I hate a lot because of what they are, mm-hmm. not of anything maybe legit, decided to include this rant in a patch note for their games, which has nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this caused a lot of issues that uh, had nothing to do with the game. And so like, a, there are a lot of reviews from people that own the game that were have been... Uh, negative. Uh, so trying to review bomb the game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, ended up with the uh, developer getting their account banned as well mm-hmm. as their game removed from this from Steam. Yep. So now you can you can still find a page for the game mm-hmm. uh, through a direct link, but you can't find it via search or anything. You also can't yeah. purchase it. Uh, but the studio. 
Dolphin Barn Incorporated no longer has a developer profile as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the the developer took to social media. Mm-hmm. Not Twitter or Facebook or anything. It's Gab. Yep, because of course it was. Which is a a right wing social media platform mainly for Nazis. Yep. Uh, they posted on there clarified that Steam had canceled Dolphin Barn Incorporated. Gabe Newell doesn't seem to care that I brought millions of revenue to the table while his moderation team and VPs will end up costing him millions in payroll. Which is like, yeah. you're yeah. not that big of a game. Yeah, and I'm... Uh, the thing is, yeah, I would be more disgusted by this if it wasn't for the fact that I'm actually concerned this dude might genuinely be mentally ill. Um, yeah. Because he seems to have some kind of delusions of grandeur. And the thing about, like, that thing where he's putting shit in the patch notes, that wasn't a new thing. He's been doing this for a while. Um, yeah. He recently was a subject of uh, one of uh, Jim Sterling's videos. Um, and, like, he basically, like, did a whole thing about it. And, like, yeah, he's been he's pretty much been doing this, putting weird shit in the patch notes pretty much since the game was on Steam. And... The game was, like, never really, like, a huge success. Like, it found a niche audience. It's it, The game is literally about managing gladiators in yeah. during the Roman Empire. Like, that's that's what the game is about. And it's like, all right, you know, fine. But, you know, the game was always a niche product. And he never really had, like, a big group, like, a huge player base. Um, but... Like, if you go over the patch notes, like, you can see this dude, like, slowly but surely. Like, it's, it's like watching a man slowly fall into insanity. It's, because, yeah, he was doing these weird, like, it wasn't just uh, transphobia, too. It was also racism, anti-Semitism, religious bigotry, just a bunch of crazy shit. And... Yeah, um, I hope somebody gets him the help he needs, because I genuinely do think the dude is mentally ill. Um, but yeah, he, it's, 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 yeah, just, uh, my recommendation is go look up, find that video that Jim Sterling did of it, and, because the thing is, um, once Jim Sterling actually did the video on him, uh, this dude actually clapped back. And so Jim Sterling did another video on them, specifically when they finally got kicked off of Steam. And it's like, it's, 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 it's very, like, he legit, like, compared the dude to, like, uh, the guys at, um, the, the, that, those two dudes over at, uh, who did, like, the slaughtering grounds and stuff like that. Um, like, it was that level of crazy. Um. But yeah, so this dude is gone. Um, I don't know if Steam will ever put his game back up, but he's uh, dude needs help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe losing his Steam profile and all that, developer mm-hmm. profile, that will help him realize how fucking stupid he's been. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I feel like if your main social media is uh, Gab, mm-hmm. you're kind of into the uh, circle jerk that that is 
for any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. If your main forms of communication are that and your your uh, updates, your update notes stuff, like that's not that's not where you should be as a legit company. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not rare for this kind of stuff to show up on Steam. Uh, there are plenty of racist games on Steam uh, right. and all that. Uh, there's one about Kyle Rittenhouse, mm-hmm. just in case you're wondering. So they're not persecuting conservatives. You guys just need to know to not be fucking transphobic and homophobic and all that. You know, in your communications with uh, potential uh, players. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that is uh, that is going to do it for this week. Yep. Uh, pretty good bit of news here. We do have uh, some stuff releasing this week. Uh, mm-hmm. There is, uh, let's see here. Uh, there is the, uh, yeah, where's the, the release schedule here? There it is. Uh, yes, Last of Us Part 1 came out last week. Temtem's out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1.0, the Tomorrow Children Phoenix Edition's out this week on yeah. Tuesday. Disney Dreamlight Valley is out this week, also on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one has the like the Founders pack is on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, what else is here? There's Rocksmith Plus on PC. Train Sim World 3 is out on all the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC on the 6th. There's Steel Rising, which is a neat little like action game thing. Maybe Souls like, I don't know. Mm. It was about like uh, King Louis the 14th or the 16th having an automata army mm. kind of thing. Uh, Splatoon 3 is on September 9th. Uh, let's see, NBA 2K23 is September 9th. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's uh, quite a bit this week. Yeah, and the uh, first, um, not the first, but uh, I think it's uh, Trails of Azure. Um, yeah, it comes out later this month. So, yeah, that's gonna gonna be taking up some of our times. I know. Yep. So, yeah, this uh, the whole the the fall season has started. Mm-hmm. Madden is out, so that means everybody else is allowed to release. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow none of that is interesting. You probably mm-hmm. have plenty of stuff to play from this year and in the past. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll see you all next week with a new podcast. Uh, thank you to Brandon for joining this week. Uh, we will be back with a new slate of news. If you enjoy the show, for free to let friends and family know that they should check it out. And if you. Uh, are able to uh, let select strangers know that they should also check it out. Uh, Make sure to keep your distance uh, because COVID is not great Mm -hmm. for anybody, but uh, let's see here. Yeah. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Hope you have a good week ahead and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one. Yeah.